Hello there and welcome to Back on the Ball, brought to you courtesy of Greenwood Accountancy and Wallen Solicitors. And once again, the world of football under focus with our two celebs. <laughs> celebs. Um, sorry, they're getting off track there already. Dino. Clang. Clang. <laughs> Dino and Colin Lee. I know them, you know. <laughs> Dino, I've got to say, let's, let's just go back to the very beginnings of things, OK? When did you start football? Where did you start football? Well, basically, before all the school stuff started I was training with the Wolves on a Tuesday and a Thursday which we used to do and we used to train at the old social club at the back of the Molyneux so the beauty of that was we used to go on a Tuesday and Thursday and there was a players up there like Wayne Clark Tony Colton who went on to be Premier League players and we used to get expenses after the training oh, session of nice. six pence six pence yes and I can't even tell you what that's worth now but then when we used to come out of training we used to go down chip shop Mars bar, can of coke. We used to think about health and nutrition then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we used to do. So basically, uh, we trained with Wolves from about 13 years old. Um, and then I was waiting for them to sign me up. But coming towards the end of my school term, 16, my dad was getting on to me about doing some kind of menial job. So he sent me down to this factory, a local factory called Marston's. Yeah. And he said, right, you've got to, you know, you've got to get a job. You've got to start paying your way now. So I went down there, uh, worst day of my life. I've walked in, steel shutters have gone up, the lad's turned up, Roy Cropper looking type character, and he's starting to ask me questions about what my ambition is, and I thought, well, it's certainly not going to be in here, that's for sure. So I walked out of the place and I thought, God, I've got to get a football club somehow, I've got to get a football club. But in those days, they didn't have social media. You'd have to write for trials or you'd have to be taken on like I was at the walls, hoping that they would give me an apprenticeship. Uh, and at the time, they'd refused to give me an apprenticeship. So I, I left the family out for three months nearly, I think. I think my dad thought I had because uh, there was no way I was going to go back and have him tell me that I've got to go looking for jobs again. So I'd got this friend at school called Alan McLean and a big centre forward. And he said to me, he said, look, he said, I'm going to play for Shrewsbury on Saturday. And I thought, okay. I said, uh, what's happened there? And he said, oh, he said, um, he said I've rolled for a trial. And I said, okay. He said, why don't you write for a trial? So I've wrote for the trial. And they wrote a letter back saying, yeah, you can come and have a game for Strasbourg Town. So I um, got onto the situation where I was still training with Wolves on the Tuesday, Thursday. And I went to the Shrewsbury game and Alan came with me. And I think Alan's idea behind this was the he couldn't get there unless he'd go on a train and my dad could drive, so obviously my dad would take him. So we've both gone over there, played the game. Uh, I'd done half decent and mm -hmm. Alan didn't play so well. And when we came back, they told Alan they didn't want him anymore. And I was in there and I thought, <laughs> how cruel can football be? <laughs> so obviously I was invited back the next week and um, I didn't ask them who we were playing. I just presumed that, you know, it was a Midland Intermediate League, which is the old Central League. I spoke to my dad, I said, what shall I do? I said, you know, Shrewsbury have asked me to go and play for them. I said, but I want to, play, I want to sign for Wolves, which was my team. And he said, uh, he said, well, you know, he said, go training Wolves on the Tuesday, he said, and then on the, on the Wednesday play for Shrewsbury and see if you know, anything's said. So Wolves had some great people behind the scenes. Joe Gardner, who was a massive player in the 50s and 60s, Eddie Clamp, Roy Pritchard, who used to take the training. Great, great gentleman, proper hard men of football. Um, and I went on the Tuesday night and I thought, come on, Joe, please tell me I'm getting this contract. Didn't materialise. So I've gone to Shrewsbury on the Wednesday and as I've turned up, I spoke to a lovely gentleman called John Malam, 
who was a, a great lad behind the scenes at um, Shrewsbury. And he said, oh, we got the Wolves. And I thought, oh, God, what am I going to do here? Hang on, you were running out against your own team? I was running out against my own team. <laughs> so we've gone out and I thought, I could do with a balaclava here. <laughs> <laughs> so I've gone out onto the pitch and Joe's standing in the tunnel as you run out. Yeah. And I thought, I can't get past him. He was about six foot three and just shoulders that wide. So I've sort of gone and woof, I was out onto the pitch. So we're warming up. Anyway, I've uh, come back in and Joe sent me and he went, what are you doing? I said, oh, I said, look, I said, uh, I'm having a trial for these. I said, because you haven't offered me anything. I'll speak to you later, he said. So anyway, we, we played the game and fortunately for me, I scored. We drew 1-1. And when I came back, Richie Barker, who was the manager of Shrewsbury at the time, just said, right, in my office, sign me up. So I've got back home and the very next day, then, this is unbelievable now, it, I had a telegram sent to me. Now, a telegram for the younger viewers who don't know, it's one I'm from a carrier pigeon. <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. <laughs> and they said, we'll offer you a two-year apprenticeship at Wolves, but oh, I'd already brilliant. signed for Shrewsbury. So, you know, the rest was history after that. I did get my chance to play for Wolves, but not then. Unbelievable. The only man ever to run out on the pitch. And, uh, well, it's playing with himself. <laughs> I'll put that better. <laughs> we'll edit that bit out. <laughs> Where did you start? Locally, obviously. Yeah, I mean, really just school football. I went to school at Cuthbert Lane in Torquay. Right. We had good people looking after us, like Dean said, with regards to the PE teachers, you know, and... Uh, I was heavily into rugby uh, and football. Rugby? Yeah, rugby. I mean, my, my father and grandfather were, were big rugby players. I mean, at that time, living in Buckfastley, Buckfastley had a really, really good team. And they, believe it or not, both played in the same team. We came to a point where I was playing for Torbay schools against Plymouth schools. And I was given a, a message to give to my dad by a scout who was down watching that game it was actually the same scout that found Trevor Francis as well um, so wow. it was it was quite ironic really but anyway when I got back home I said to my dad oh this uh, gentleman gave gave us this and it was a trial for Bristol City I played for Devon Rugby against I think it was Gloucester uh, at Torquay the Saturday prior to that and was chosen again to play against Somerset in the following game but it clashed with the football trial so then it was a case of myself and my father sitting down and saying, well, you know, what are we going to do here? You know, you've got a chance of going to play football or do you want to continue with the rugby? Taking into account, you know, there was no Exeter Chiefs then, you no. know, the only route to rugby was probably going to Leeds around the Yorkshire area, that sort of area. And that was obviously miles away uh, at that time. No motorways, nothing, you know, giving my age away now. <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> <laughs> so obviously we, we chose the route of football um, so we went up to Bristol City uh, which was being managed by Alan Dix and John Sillett at that time you have to take into account when we were youngsters and I'm going back well over 50, 55 years now there was no centre of excellence which was prior to the academies no real training for the youngsters in what would be the professional clubs looked upon so it was really, really difficult. And the only route really was the route that I'm telling you about was school football, going through, playing for Torbay schools, playing for Devon to see if you got spotted. Yeah. And then you had to go for a trial, a two-week trial, which obviously I did. If you failed at that trial, that was it. 
you were finished in theory you know tough it was really tough really tough yeah do you I, think you would have made it as a rugby player you haven't really got the build no I would have made it as a rugby player yeah yeah because I was don't worry about the build <laughs> <laughs> uh, the build's got nothing to do with it believe it or not he I played quick. believe it or not I, I've got the build <laughs> believe it or not I played scrum half right and uh, really yeah and uh, I love rugby it was a fantastic it was brilliant but it you, there's, there's certain skills in rugby, obviously similar to football to a degree, but I used to follow Newton Abbott or Whites, and my dad and I used to follow Devon, All right. you know, watching games. My dad used to say, you know, look at what they're doing. I think I was as good a rugby player as a, as a football player. There's a, an incredible uh, network of rugby in this county. We're recording this in Timmouth. I know they're 150 yes. years old this year, and uh, Brixham are yeah. also marking their Huge. 150th. So... Yeah. Uh, Thankfully, football dragged you away from that. Yeah, football. I mean, obviously, we've got we we went on the trial. We played in. I think it was the the league that you mentioned just now. Yeah, the Midland, the Midland Intermediate. Intermediate League, and that was playing against uh, men and and some of the older retired pros. Yep. So I think I played a couple of games against different teams uh, whilst on trial. And thankfully, uh, I did well enough for them to offer me an apprenticeship, a two-year apprenticeship. My dad insisted that I had another profession behind me because obviously going into football, not knowing what could happen within those two years, he needed me to have something to fall back on. Yeah. And I was really interested in, in cooking. I wanted to be a chef. I was gearing myself initially to go into the Merchant Navy to be, to be a chef and, and to progress that type of career, if you like. Uh, and I did domestic science at school instead of woodwork and that sort of thing. I was really, really interested in it. I worked for a, a pub in Buckfastley doing all their basket meals then, if you remember the basket meals. That was me That was me in the kitchen at 13, 14 years old. You know, Soup so. in a basket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Scampy. <laughs> Scampy and chips. Yeah. Burger and chips, that sort of Going thing. Going back to the good old days. Yeah, so... Um, so my dad had a conversation with both uh, Alan Dix and John Sillett and said that my son's happy to sign for the two years, but can we send him to college for him to continue his cooking interest, if you like, um, to, to get a qualification just in case he doesn't make it in the football or he gets a bad injury or whatever? And they agreed to that. So on a Wednesday afternoon, I used to go off to Bristol College. And funny enough, a couple of the other apprentices... Uh, heard about this and they, they they signed up for it as well and even a couple of the Bristol Rovers players went as well so we all used to meet at the college get our forks and spoons out and, yeah. and away we went you know so but that was the start of my career yeah. can you remember your very first pay packet I don't know where you were <laughs> Bristol City I'm Bristol guessing. City yeah, yeah. What was your first pay packet? Come on, let's as reflect a, what, well, what they get paid uh, well, for. Well, as an apprentice, uh, in the first year of an apprenticeship, our first wage packet was six pounds, six pounds hey. a week. Yeah. It's not bad. And apart from your sixpence... <laughs> yeah, well, we moved on from sixpences when I got to apprenticeship <laughs> status. Ours was 11 pound a week, which was, was... He's younger than me. That was quite a lot of money then, and we also had our digs paid for us. Oh, so okay. eleven pound a week. It was a it was a phenomenal amount, but we spent most of it in the corner shop. I mean, she had that corner shop done up a couple of times around by the ground. We were buying corned beef and beetroot sandwiches <laughs> again, looking after our health. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a, it was great. I mean, just to be paid to play football was 
phenomenal, wasn't it, Carl? Really? Yeah, I mean, you talk about the corner calf. The corner calf at Bristol City, the Robins, was a. We're not sponsored by them, by the way. No, no. not yet. Not yet. So don't get mentioned. <laughs> oh, it's Greenwood Accountancy and modern solicitors. And for the sake of this, the Bernie Inns as well, yes. where you could get what was it? Prawn cocktail, steak, and uh, Black Forest Gatto, yeah, and a spooner right. of sherry. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, we we used to end up there every day because, especially on a Monday morning, because Monday morning, believe it or not, fits. We used to have to sweep the stands you know really? that was part of our apprenticeship you know we used to clean the changing rooms it was like a rotor so you do change the home changing room one week the away changing room the next the corridors but on a monday we were all out on the terracing sweeping the terraces after the home games what we do sweep it into piles and then we used to set light to the piles or, and then the guy and then sweep it into a, a carrier bag or whatever and take it away we always used to get all the piles ready and then we used to toss the coin to see who did the piles. Mm-hmm. Of course, we used to fiddle out quite often. And the poor guys who had to stay behind and do the piles, the rest of us used to go to the corner calf and get into the sausage cobs. <laughs> so, <laughs> and we used to... And if there was a new lad came in, he was definitely doing the piles. But also, if a new lad came in, in that particular... On that particular Monday, we also had to clean the floodlights. Oh, yeah. So we used to make up a story that uh, today... It just happens that we have to clean the floodlights. And, and believe it or not, I've seen at least two or three boys halfway up the floodlights before. We've gone, no, no, no. <laughs> it was abuse of an oyster order, wasn't it, really? You know, when you was apprentice. I mean, we did exactly the same with the sweeping, you know, one to hold a black bag, one to hold the spade. And we, we, Shrewsbury Town, I mean, we had a great run while I was there. And they, they got to the FA Cup, fifth round, sixth round. Uh, and we played Man City. And I was ready to break into the first team round about that time. And, you know, he said to me, so I want you in early tomorrow. And I thought, I'm in the team here. (laughs) So what it was, there was snow, so much snow on the pitch that we were called in as apprentices to come and move the snow off the pitch before the game. Five o'clock in the morning, the floodlights were on. We were shoveling snow off the pitch, ready for that game, which worked because Man City really didn't fancy it. And uh, we beat them 2-0. Really? But, yeah, we beat them 2 0 and got to the sixth round and played Wolves, funnily enough. But sweeping the terraces and that, I mean, some of the stuff we had to do as apprentices. Oh. I mean, there, I mean, nowadays there would have been there would have been people going to jail for certain, <laughs> for absolute certain. But I, I think I think it developed a certain discipline, you know, yeah. especially cleaning the changing rooms because a very good friend of mine, he's still a very good friend of mine, uh, Dave Merrington, and I think a lot of people will know Dave from Southampton. Uh, who developed the likes of Shearer, the Wallace brothers, that, that, those sort of, Letizia, those people. And Dave, I, I'm still, I still keep in touch with Dave, a fantastic person. But Dave was a real discipline. You know, if you were going to clean them changing rooms, you had to clean them properly. He would come in, go across the top of a door or a, the, the hooks where you hung your, your, your shirts and that, and if by any chance, and I'm sure he had dust on his finger before he came in, <laughs> but if there was some dust on there, there was no arguing, do it, again. do it again, it's not good enough. And he'd go out, shut the door, and you'd go, you. you know. I know. It's all about discipline. But it was discipline. It's, it's bred into you. It's, it's, it's with me now, like lifelong skills, I yeah. call them. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and uh, they'll never leave me, you know. Drives my wife up the wall sometimes, but... He's, know, dropped, he's dropped that habit now because Lynn said he never picks the broom up at all. <laughs> yeah, I can just see Lynn going around. 
No, I do that. <laughs> but, it, but, but how it's changed now. I mean, when I was a talkie, I don't know if it happened to you, but we had a, a, an academy and one lad's dad rang up and said, uh, why's my son cleaning terraces? And we're like, well, that's part of the job. He's not there to clean terraces, he's there to play football. And I'm like, when your parents are saying that, then mm. you really ain't got much of a chance. Not really. You know, you've got it. I mean, in, the, in back in the day when we were in our 16, 18 period, it was, it was just regimented, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think, I mean, I, I have got OCD, by the way. Thank <laughs> 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 God I am me shirt this I, morning. A quick story about the OCD. Yeah. And when I, when I signed for Chelsea and on the away games, uh, my room part was Dave Speedy. But I used to go in and I cannot stand shoes out of line or even in my wardrobe, my colours have got to be together. Probably come from sweeping the terracing or cleaning the change room. So Mickey Thomas and Joey Jones used to come in and he used to have a bet on how quickly I would see that they've actually moved a shoe. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, without me knowing, and Eddie Nevesky was involved in it as well, without me knowing one night, they actually got my key from somewhere and when I came back in the room, the room was blasted. <laughs> I was like, you bastard, someone's been in here, you know what I mean? But they used to have a bet on it. They'd move my shoe like, and I'd go, and I'd get, have to get up and put it right, you know? There are a lot of players with OCD, though, believe it or not. I know a lot of lads who do the same. You know, whether it is installed in you from that. I think that it started kind of, from there, definitely, yeah. definitely. Well, yeah. if, if you're going to be a perfectionist in the world of sport, you're going to be a perfectionist in life. And you've got to, you know, you've got to have regimentation. Mm. Um, obviously, <laughs> if a shoe's out of the place, I do question that one. But <laughs> I must admit, I mean, when I first started, I was, I started a radio station. I won't mention its name. I walked in on the 8th of December 1980 and John Lennon was shot. I then went for my audition in television in January of 1986 and I sat down and the challenger exploded. I then went to Sky... <laughs> sat down there and some bloke was holding a gun to his own head driving down Sunset Boulevard. He was called O.J. Simpson. And uh, my producer in the end at Sky used to look for my hairline and see if there was 666 on my scalp. Because they, here he comes. Yes. Earthquake, when? Just yeah. now. All right, then. Yeah. I was burying his more people than the... typhoid. I was so lucky. His nickname was The Jinx. The Jinx, it was true. Mind you, my very first job was working in gateways, filling the shelves on a Saturday. I got £2.67 and a half P. And uh, I remember there was a camping shop next door that sold fishing bait and they left the fridges open one night and all the maggots got out and went straight for the biscuits in gateways. You could see the packets <laughs> rippling. And two days later, which was lucky, we were opening bananas and a dead tarantula fell out. And I thought, if that had lived, it had a feast in the biscuits. <laughs> Life, I know it's moved on. So, what was it again? How much? £11. 11 and you? £6. Oh, Six. I've got to add that we had a £2 bonus for a draw and £4 for a win. Actually, just tell me something, just getting slightly off. If, if you were sold for a quarter of a million, do you get some of the money or does the club get the money? Who gets the money? The agent probably gets money. At that stage, there was no agents. And I That's did true. get sold for a quarter of a million uh, from, Chelsea to, uh, from Tottenham to Chelsea. You got uh, sold for a quarter of a million? I think it was a quarter of a million. It might have been 200,000, yeah. But we not, net, didn't get anything for it. No, no there were no agents. Uh, you used to get 10%, didn't you? Did you not, not get 10%? No, no. You not, wouldn't? 
Not that I'm aware of, no. Never checked his contract. <laughs> no, we didn't get 10%, definitely not. Good grief. Because, yeah. well, the world of football these days, I don't know who the highest paid player is at the moment or, or even what sort of region that they get it's paid. probably De Bruyne, isn't it? Or no, it'll be... Or uh, No, uh, Paris Saint-Germain. Um, oh, Mbappe. Mbappe. Mbappe? I don't mm. so, yeah. I think when you say wages, if you add the the sort of image rights, the advertising and all that that comes with it. I mean, these guys are getting fortunes, you know, for wearing boots, for appearing here, appearing that, you know, and going back to when I met Alan Shearer, I think it was a few years ago, he'd flown in from Portugal, cutting a very long story short, uh, stayed behind for an Adidas photo shoot. He flew in the next day and said, I really apologise, I had to do that because for that photo shoot, he got paid a million pound. Now, that's going back quite a few years. Yeah. Well, you can imagine what that is now. You know, you can imagine the sponsorships now and the amount of money these guys are getting. I can remember doing a a glove deal for a player at one stage and getting 30,000 to wear Puma gloves. Can't imagine what they're getting now. Sponsorship was very important. Some say it takes the game to a new level some say it's ruined it but uh, I always remember t- Miss TSW I was invited le- oh, oh shudder <laughs> the most politically incorrect story coming up now and I was sat there and I was I just I had to read out the sponsors for the young ladies and I can still remember it today I said our ladies are brought to you courtesy of JR Flat Roofing, Hot Felt and Bitumen Specialists. <laughs> and I thought, what have I come to? Actually, the last, and I'll tell this story, I'll change the names, uh, the last uh, Miss TSW, which is the Television Southwest, which was the company that used to broadcast in the, in the West Country, uh, the last uh, beauty queen was a lady called Janet Cole, and she was known as Cole the Doll because she ran the benefits office somewhere like Lisgard. And... Uh, uh, we, we all sat down for dinner and we, we got the steak and there was a glass of wine and then nothing else, no, no potatoes, no green beans, there was nothing. And as I looked up, the waiters that had been serving us flashed past the window and they were fast. Wolves would have signed them, I tell you, <laughs> these guys were fit. And as Janet looked up and said, oh, no wonder they're running, I paid their benefits this afternoon and they've been moonlighting in this hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Unlucky or what? <laughs> Finally, in this, in this podcast, just tell me, when you first ran out as a professional footballer, what was going through your mind? Or rather, probably your stomach as well. Butterflies? Yeah, I mean, everybody knows, 16 to 18, you think you know a lot, but you really know nothing. Hmm. And funnily enough, my first ever game was as a substitute uh, against the Zambian national team. They'd come over to do a tour and I was uh, the person who was guest appearancing for Shrewsbury that day was Bobby Charlton. Good grief. So I was making my debut with Bobby Charlton. I went on as a young 16-year-old and I was like catching crisp packets. I was running everywhere, like, you know. Bobby Charlton was giving me dog's abuse. He really was. And I thought, <laughs> you know, I used to like you, Bob. <laughs> but I'm really going off you pretty quick. But, it, you know, he, he played in that game and it was his last ever game in, in England. Oh. And it, it, was, it was a bit surreal because, like, you're on the pitch and you're playing and you're thinking, God, I've, I've been watching these lads play for like years and now all of a sudden you know you're on the same pitch as them but my, my first debut I think we played I think it might have been Leicester at Shrewsbury again and um, I don't know if you found it cold because it's, it's hard to sort of 
it's hard when you're playing to like as you get older you you sort of relax a lot more but when you're young you're, you're trying to impress and you're everywhere mm. and I always remember playing I was together and my mouth was that dry and I thought if I could just have a bottle of milk now because that's what we we used to love milk I used to love milk and I used to think if I could just get off the piss now and have a glass of milk I'll be alright but you couldn't and, and my mouth was that dry playing but you know you've got good players around you and they'd be telling you to slow down and where to go and then all of a sudden you start getting a big experience and then once the experience kicks in obviously you, you start forging your career then don't you well I want to take you back to your very first Tottenham game Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. I think the whole world remembers that. Yeah. Whether, no matter what team, I'm just trying to think. It was, was it Joe Royal that equaled it? But yeah, he equaled scoring on his, on his Bristol City debut, I think it was. How many goals did you Four score? Four goals. Four goals on your debut. Yeah, the difference between me, probably me doing it and Joe doing it was Joe was quite an experienced player. I was quite a younger player. Yeah. Um, I went into training on, on the Wednesday morning at Torquay United. Yeah. Mike Hickman, who Mike was the trainer, but also the physio there at the time. Mike said, don't get changed this morning, Colin. I was racking my brain, what have I done wrong? Not even dreaming that there were clubs looking to sign me. So they all went off to training. I was sat there and Mike came in. He said, look, you know, don't worry about things. You know, there's something good going on. So I said, OK. Anyway, I then eventually had a, a meeting with both Frank O'Farrell and Mike Green at the same time and they said that they had agreed a fee with Tottenham uh, I think it was 75,000 so I went home and my, I went through the door I can remember in Timber funny enough I used to live in Timber opened the door went in my wife was stood I said what, 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 what's up what's about with you and I said uh, oh we, I'm going to Tottenham just, just like that I'm going to Tottenham <laughs> <laughs> she went now, come on, like, you're not going to Tottenham. What, 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 no, what's happened, Colin? What's happened? I said, I'm going to Tottenham. And, we, and she just couldn't believe it, you know. I got the phone call, jumped on the train the following morning, got myself to Paddington, and who was there to pick me up was the great Bill Nicholson. Lovely guy, you know, yeah. really, really great guy. Like a father figure, if you like, you know. Welcome to the club, come on. Got into his jag, and he drove me to Tottenham. Funny enough, uh, Frank O'Farrell phoned me and gave me some advice on what he thought my salary would be. And obviously signed for Tottenham. Uh, the, the evening before, uh, I was put into a hotel at Hoddeston and I had a phone call from John Duncan, who became a really, really good friend of mine and a close friend, to say, no, don't, don't eat at the hotel, come over to us. So I went to his house, uh, met his wife, and I think they had a, a small child then, he said, oh, I have a glass of wine. And, I, and it, this takes me back to my apprenticeship thing with Dave Martin. No, I can't drink before a game. You know, 40 hours before a game is completely no. No, no, come on, it'll help you. I had a, had a glass of wine. And then we played cards and he just took my mind off everything. And yeah, it was yeah, brilliant. Clever. It was brilliant. Went back to the hotel, got picked up the next day by Don McAllister, took him to the club. As I drove in, it was, wow, what's going on here? Like, you know? And obviously I knew I was playing... Uh, on the on that particular day because John Duncan was injured, Chris Jones was injured, Jerry Armstrong was injured, so it was just myself and Ian Morse. Got into the chain room on that particular Friday. You're focused. Nothing else is, is happening. You know, you're focused that much. Uh, the players were brilliant. Uh, <laughs> Peter Taylor, who was the joker in the chain room, believe it or not, 
Spud, we used to call him, and, and uh, Peter came up to me, went, all the best, like, and he had a false thumb, and his thumb came off, you know. <laughs> it's sort of like, you know, it just, sort of took away the pressures again. Just of. a couple of things on that, Cole. Like, you know, when you said about John Duncan and that, did it not go through your mind when he was, like, because obviously he was a centre forward as yeah. well. Did you not think, like, when he was offering you a glass of wine, it might have been laced or whether he was trying to get you, you yeah. know what, or... No, John, John was a was a, a very clever guy, mm. very, very clever guy, um, a brilliant goal scorer. He wanted me to do well. That's good. You know, he was a completely, a true person, mm. you know. There's not <laughs> there's not many of them around, uh, you know no. what I mean? I know where you're it's coming not, from. I know, because yeah. we've got a story, when I was out in Hong Kong, we had a lad called John McDonald, and he came out. <laughs> he did a, he did a 12, 13 hour flight, and um, he was... <laughs> He took him out on the night before and on the pitch the next day. He was being sick every <laughs> They put him on the flight back home again. And I'm just saying, like, you know, yeah, yeah. You, you can see that, can't you? And the, the other thing I wanted to ask you was, obviously that must have been a third round game, was it? No, it was a league game. League. When you, when you beat Bristol Rovers? Yeah, we were in oh, the second. Okay. We were in what was the second up. division, which is now the championship. Uh, and uh, so... Did you score all four goals? Or what was the scoreline in the end? It was 9-0. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was it went, match of the day, yeah. Jimmy Hill. It was match of the day. Um, Ian Moore's got three and I got four. Glenn Hoddle scored and Peter Taylor scored. And funny enough, in the Bristol Rovers team was Bobby Gould. Bobby Gould, who became the assistant manager at Chelsea with Jeff Hurst when I signed for Chelsea. Wow. And the funny thing was, the lad who played in goal that day, Glyn Jones, yes. came and signed for Shrewsbury. Yeah. First That's day he took his top off, he had a net rash. <laughs> he was fetching the ball out of the net. And then he, he, said, he did that, though. <laughs> Can I just remind you, we are sponsored by solicitors. We might need them. Listen, we're out of time for the moment. This has been Back on the Ball, sponsored very kindly by Greenwood Accountants and Wallen Solicitors, and Bernie Inns, and B Jam, and Woolworths. Anything else that you can think of that's no longer there? <laughs> Like my career. <laughs>